Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Ready? Yep. All right. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. For the opportunity we have to learn more about you father we're grateful for all of the all of the ways you spoke to us uh, in the past uh, here we've been looking at a man and his donkey and all of the things that are going on and he's got some great things to tell us and i pray father that we will listen father we are grateful that you're a god who loves us who's patient with us who understands that we are that we struggle and i pray father that you would be patient as we do struggle through this life as we try, strive to make good decisions, sometimes we won't. And I pray, Father, that you be patient with us. Thank you for the for the text we'll study. Thank you for the people that'll be watching. I pray that you be with them as they uh, as they navigate through this text and find things they can apply to their own lives. Help us to do that. Help us to point those things out. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to be in Numbers 23. We're picking up with Balaam. Yep. Right, so Balaam had a uh, had a divine encounter with his donkey, <laughs> through his donkey, <laughs> with with yeah. an angel in his donkey. Yeah, his, yeah. The, the, the donkey could see the angel, yeah. but he couldn't. Yeah. Um, and and so now you know at the end of twenty two, of course Balaam was hired by uh, the king of Moab, uh, by Balak to come and curse the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Balaam is a prophet of the Lord, which for many of us is is an uncomfortable. Uh, he's reality. a pagan. Well, but he's apparently he's not. Well, he could, I mean, he, he knows he the Lord. Across a pagan. So it's actually quite funny, archaeologically speaking. You know, and what we find is that the divine name Yahweh uh, it was all over the place in this this mm -hmm. region. Mm -hmm. You find it in Edom. You in what was ancient Edom? You find it in uh, where Midian was, ancient Midian. And what do we actually see? We see that. There are lots of people besides Abraham who know of God. I mean, think about it. Um, uh, Melchizedek is not a Hebrew, no. and yet he's priest of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. um, Abraham eventually has children. He sends his kids all over the place. He sends Esau over here. You know, he sends all the other the sons of Keturah all over there. You think he didn't teach him about God? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, absolutely. I think he did. And what you find is that. Yahweh was worshipped by a lot of people, not just the ancient Israelites. Jethro is a priest of Midian. Midian. He's mm -hmm. a Midianite, and he's a priest of God. So you see all these people that were they, they worshippers. They weren't just all pagans. No. There was pagans mm -hmm. among them. And sure. many times the pagan paganism idea took over. 
And, you know, we're a nation of, of Christian nation, but we're not all Christians. Mm. There's paganism among us. Oh, yeah. I see okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so you can't paint us with a brush that said we're all pagan or we're all Christian because we're not. Right. That's the same way. There's some people here that, that worship God and some people that didn't. Well, I think I think for sure what we're going to find out with Balaam is he may have been a prophet of the Lord, but he didn't worship the Lord. No, he did. He worshiped money. Yeah. So which, well, he worshiped this, he worshiped pride and yeah. greed. It was pride and greed. That, yeah. that drove him, which drives many people in our society today. Sure. Think about the choices that people make, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm going to go to church on Sunday or not. Just that choice. Well, I've got a job. Okay. So is the guy sitting in the pew right down, right over there. He's got a job too. So is that guy over there. He's got a job too. But I'm going to make the choice to let the job get in the way. That's not worship to God. Mm-hmm. That's paganism. Mm-hmm. Maybe in its infant form, but it's paganism. Sure. And that's what many people do. You know, we have people here do that all the time. You know, I put my job, I want to be important, so I put my job and my and my my pride above everything else. God says that's not acceptable. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Sure. This guy, God's going to use this guy. Guy ain't going to tell him. And you know how many times he told he told God twice, "Don't go here." He said, "Fine, then go. Go ahead and go. Yeah. If you got to go so bad, go." And that's what God tells us. You know, you got a job. Yeah. Okay. Don't you know I can give you another job? No, I got this job. This is a good job. You know, I'm, I'm, I can make a lot of money. Don't you know I can give you another job? No, no, I don't believe you. That's what we're saying here. That's what these guys. That's what paganism looks like. It yeah. goes off following other gods. And I, I want to clarify: we're not talking about we're not talking about the person who, you know, once a month has to work on a Sunday. No, 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 we're not no. Talking no, no, about that. No, clarify. I'm talking about people that are making decisions to worship this rather than God. Right. There's a difference. That's a guy right. that has a job that that has to work once a month or a couple times a month, I'm not because he's doing all kinds of things all the other time. Yeah, it's just I'm talking about that guy that's making a choice. Making yeah, what person. are you dedicated to? What are you devoted to? Yeah, you know when it when it when push comes to shove, are you you know are you dedicated and devoted to your own desires? Your own well, I don't want to I don't want to go do that. I want to do this, so I'm going to do this, and that's the constant decision, yeah. right? Doesn't matter. You know, we have we have, for example, the building is open. We have classes. We have we have mm-hmm. times and fellowships to get together. We do this all the time. Yeah. And there, I mean, it's it's a lot for somebody who you know, if you're out in the world and you're working and you're doing all these things, it's hard to make it to everyone. But the reason we do that is so to gi- is to give people the opportunity to say, hey, we understand you can't make it to everyone. Just make it to one. Yeah. And instead of choosing fellowship, they choose well. Yeah, I've been I've been working all week and all this and. I'm not going to go to that. I, I'd rather watch TV. I'd rather do yeah, this. I'd fine. rather do that. Sometimes right? I'd rather do that too. But that's a consistent pattern then. Yeah. That's what we're talking about yeah. here. Right? And that's and that's who Balaam is. That's what this dynamic is. Balaam is a is a is a is a prophet, but he doesn't worship God. He doesn't want to listen to God because God, because it's not conducive to his own well-being and his own mind. And we're going to we're going to see that uh, that's going to become evident. It should have already become evident. Because he asked God, should I go? He goes, yeah. they come to him. Okay, let me ask God what God wants. Yeah. God, should I go? God said, no. And then they come back with more money. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, more important people what? to bring it to. Uh, but but more money, more, more. <laughs> yeah. Remind me, I've got to tell you something uh, later about that. That's okay. It's an interesting dynamic that just popped in my head. But look at 23. So we're in 23. 
<laughs> Balaam looks at Balak and says, fine, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. So they go up to a high place. And of course, these high places later on in the story, excuse me, God has already told the Israelites, I think at this point he's already told them, it might be in Deuteronomy, mm -hmm. but he says, you're not to worship in the high places. So high places are in the ancient mind where God, where earth and the divine realm overlap. They're places where you can go and kind of be in the presence of God. In other words, you have to climb Everest. Uh, I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. In a, in a, you have to climb up on top of a place that they designated, hey, this is a godly place. Yeah, kind of. I mean, think of like Mount Olympus, right? The, the gods were thought to live up in Mount Olympus. So the height isn't all that important. For example, my son and I, it was funny, we went to uh, Garner and we climbed Old Baldy and it was like 1,800 feet. Well, it's like the highest point in that area. That would have been a high place. Yeah. You know, they, they would have set up an altar there. They would have thought that we could encounter God here. Think of Abraham going up on Mount Moriah, right? Yeah. A lot of these aren't big mountains. Yeah, no, you know? I understand. So that's, I just wanted to clarify that. But so they go up, and that's what they're doing. He's going to go up, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go up here to this barren height, and I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to encounter God, right? And so God met with him in verse 4. And Balaam said, I've prepared seven altars, and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. See, what, what a lot of people don't understand is you said he was pagan earlier, and then he does this. Mm -hmm. And this is a very pagan way of thinking. See, before Christianity, uh, Christianity changed the dynamic of worship. And for 2,000 years in the Western world, that's what we've had is Christianity. But the practice of religion before Christianity mm -hmm. and not talking about Judaism, essentially the, the whole point of religion or paganism was I'm going to input the cosmic code to get the thing I want. So if I want power and authority and all these things, I've got to input the right cosmic code or I've got to offer the right things. I've got to do the right things. And then I will get from that the things that I want, right? God, so it's all God. it's all manipulation. God, you you hear how that sounds so religion esque of oh, today? I mean, I, I would I would argue that that is essentially what the prosperity the the supposed prosperity gospel. That's exactly what it is. Send to me, right? I, we could let's let's break here. Send us your money, <laughs> yeah. and God will bless you, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's essentially what they're doing. Or if you say this prayer, this prayer, and this prayer, right. and this many prayers, you know, everything will be okay, and your sins right. will be forgiven. Because God really wants you to be rich, healthy, and happy. Yeah. And so you send me this money, yeah. and God will send it back to you, pressed down and overflowing, right? That's what they say. And they give you a a, yeah. a, a, a standardized prayer to say, to, have, to come into a relationship with God. I mean, it's, 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 it's I'll all, do this, God, you've got to do this for me. It's all this. This is, this is really old school. This is, this is what paganism was. It was you put in the right formula and you get from the powers what you want. And it's still practiced today in things like animism and, and, you know, paganism. And they all still practice this stuff. That is, that is exactly how it works. I want X, which means I've got to offer B. And when I offer B, I get X. And this is how the system works. And so this is how the Romans practiced. This is how, I mean, this is how every, all, all religions with the exception of Judaism and Christianity. Now, Islam wasn't around yet. So we're not, we're not talking about Islam. So don't confuse Islam. Islam is a, is a product of a mixture of Judaism and Christianity, really. But 
That comes later. Judaism came first. It turned into, from that came Christianity. Neither of those religions were practiced that way. Paganism is its own thing, and it was the predominant religion practiced all over the world. And so it's funny because you pointed out that, you know, he, Balaam is pagan, and it's true, because look at what he's doing. He looks at God and he says, hey, I prepared the seven altars, and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. So the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, go back to Balak and give him this word. And this is what the angel told him. Yeah. Angel said, you go ahead and go with these guys, but you only speak exactly what I tell you to. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like he's being obedient. And this is where this story can get really confusing. He's already been disobedient. Yeah. If he wanted to be obedient, when the angel stopped him on the road, he, he, he should have thrown himself on the ground, said, I repent. I'm, I've messed this up. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm not going with him, Lord. I've learned my lesson. I'm going, I'm going home. I don't want none of that flaming sword. Yeah. That's not what he did. No, he had his eye on the money. Yeah. And so he goes, and so it seems like he's being obedient, but he's really not. So he went back to him and found Balak standing there beside his offering with all the Moabite officials. Then Balaam spoke his message. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Um, Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse? Now, I want to read this, all right? Think about it. Let's think about the story here. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them. From the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. Stand by. These are the people who've been testing God ten times in the yep. wilderness? Yep, yep, yep. These are the people that God has been disciplining over and uh -huh. over and over again. And this is, and remember, he, he, the angel told him, the angel of the Lord. Yeah. Okay, this is the angel of the Lord. All right. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, uh, he's identified himself as God, take, remove sin, worship. This is in certain sense, instances. And he said, you go on with him, tell him, do it. You'll do it. You tell him exactly what I tell you to say. That's right. Yeah. And so God just said this. Yeah. Right. This is God saying this about the people that he's been so angry with most of the time. You know, wants to thump them like this most of the, But you see, how many times, you know, Cole, you've been away from your kids for a week. Yeah. Most of your kids for a week. Did you miss them? Yes. Uh, did they change much when you got back? I feel like Judah matured. His face matured quite a okay. bit. Okay. But of did course, they, he was with Sandy did, for a week. Did, uh, <laughs> uh, did it take very long for them to... Get on your bad side. Um. Yeah, I'd say on the drive home, I was ready to kill him. Okay. The, but <laughs> did you pitch him out of the car? No. At 70 miles an hour? No. You didn't pitch him out of the car at five miles an hour? No, I didn't. I, I didn't pitch him out of the car. We all made it. You didn't home. pitch him out of the car at all? No. You know, God doesn't either. Yeah. God doesn't pitch him out of the car. They're his children. Right. He loves them. He hates them sometimes. Can't stand them. Wants to wring all their necks. But he still loves them because there's children. And he's going to do everything he can do to try to get them in line. That's right. The same thing he does for us. And we need to remember that. That's right. We remember, need to remember that, you know, you sinned last night. You sinned yesterday. You sinned last week. God's not going to throw you out of, throw you out of the car. You've got to open the door and jump out on your own. Yeah. He's not going to throw you out. He will slam on the brakes trying to make you trying to make you get back in. 
and and he'll leave the door open and say, come on, I want you back in. Well, I mean, it, and it really all, it all boils down to the destination, right? Mm-hmm. So God is doing something with Israel. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got a plan. Yeah. He's bringing Jesus. Yeah. And so that's coming. Yeah. And for us, it's, and he's going to tell him that it is. Yeah. He's going to, that's going to actually be in here. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's really the same thing. You know, you talked about, you know, you sin and, and you know, you got to get back up and start walking. Well, I mean, walking in what direction? You know, John says, you know, if we love our brothers or sisters, we're in the light. Yeah, I'm going to mess up. Yeah, I'm going to sin. But if I'm living in love to my brothers and sisters, that doesn't mean permissive. It doesn't mean worldly love. Worldly love is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But godly love, right? I, I want what is best for you, and I'm going to ser- seek to serve you and do. I'm not I'm not interested in what's good for me. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what's good for you. Last night, I had to reschedule a counseling session, you know, and I'm up here at 9 o'clock at night. You know, finishing up, wrapping it up with this couple. Why? Because they can't come. Things have happened. They've had to change their plan. This is the only time they come. Well, okay, then that's when we're going to meet because you're more important. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I'm I'm doing that every night. It doesn't mean I'm putting my family in jeopardy or something like that. Let me tell you something. I told a couple last night. You and I talked about this. You know, you do that because that's your calling. Yeah. But your wife has to be called to it, too. That's right. And if she's not called to it, this doesn't work. Yeah. You know, so one thing I can tell you guys that that know these guys, him and his wife are on in this together. Oh, we're they're on we, board. Yeah. They're on board together. She yeah. will she will stay at home when she has to, and take care of all those kids mm-hmm. because she knows that 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 is a that may be as big or bigger part than what you did last night. Oh, absolutely. Well, and how do we do that, right? So as soon as I find out they can't come. I'm texting her and I'm talking to her and I'm prepping her like, hey, just so you know, this is on the radar. This this appointment might have to change. I might be here all night. So I'm already dialoguing and talking yeah. with her, you know, hey, be aware this is changing. So you're absolutely right. We're in this together. That's what makes this possible. Um, I never realized. I, I never realized that fact because, you know, I've been married 50 years. I've been at this, you know, since I was 29. Sure. Okay. Um uh, and being in ministry since I was about 31, 30, 30 and a half, something about a year and a half in, I'm, I'm already going to jail. You know, I'm doing stuff already and uh, never realized how important it was that my wife was at home taking care of our three boys while I went on gallivanting, trying to save the world, mm. you know, and, and it, and it dawned on me, uh, years later and I'm going, Man, I couldn't have done all that stuff. That's why a lot of times in class, if you're watching me on online, you know, I'll compliment my wife because of the things she put up with. Because she put up with a lot of that stuff. When we were having all the problems here, I was up here every single night, meetings every single night for a month, easy. And, you know, I was getting home at 12, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, and just, I mean, just completely wasted. But that, but that's, yeah, and I don't know how we got off chasing that rabbit, but but uh, you know the, the point is is that is that when you follow God, you know it takes a team. God's on board the team, you're on board the team, and so is your wife, and so is your kids. And we're all dedicated to loving the brothers and sisters. Yeah, absolutely. My wife puts up with it. My wife deals with it because she knows our mission. So we have a family mission and we teach our kids this all the time. Um, and this is, by the way, if you don't have this for your family, if you're not teaching something like this to your kids, it doesn't have to be my mission. For, for example, another guy 
we talked to another guy at Sunset, and his family had, they, they articulated this mission in their own way. But our family mission is to take care of people. Mm-hmm. And my kids can tell you, you know, you can ask them, what's our family mission? And they'll say, it's to take care of people. And you can ask them, why do you take care of people? And they'll tell you, because God loves people right? So this is the direction. This is what it means to walk in the light. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get this idea that walking in the light is perfection. Mm-hmm. It can't be because it's in the light that we've received cleansing of sins. Mm-hmm. God knows, John says it right after that, you know, you know, if anyone says they are without sin, they are a liar, liar. And the truth is not in them. Mm-hmm. God knows we're going to mess things up. We're going to make mistakes. But again, the question is the destination, just like for Israel. God is bearing with Israel because he knows what he's going to bring about in Israel. He knows he's going to bring the church. Israel, the nation, is a shadow of the church to come. Yeah. The reality is the church, which yeah. is what? Israel and Gentiles yeah. is one body. So God, it's so funny because he's putting up with all these people. And he has not cursed them. Now, some people would look at that and say, well, but didn't he kill a bunch of them in the wilderness? Yeah, he did. He did. But he hasn't abandoned the nation. He no. hasn't abandoned his plan. No. There comes a point he where... He took out some of the rotten apples. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. There comes a point where, again, what's your direction? And for these people in the wilderness, their direction was not loving Israel, no. taking care of people. No. That wasn't their direction. If it had been, he would not have buried them in the wilderness. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So for many of them, what was their direction? I mean, think of uh, Korah and his rebellion. Yeah. You know, what was their direction? Self-aggrandizing and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. So crazy, just a crazy mm-hmm. statement. And look, and Balaam gets it. Balak gets that this is a this is a major blessing yeah. on Israel because he looks at Balaam yeah. and he says, "What have you done to me? Yeah. I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them." Yeah. And Balaam answered, "Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth?" That was not his. That was not his dialogue before his angel confronted him on the road. You know. Well, and what I'll say is this: don't get don't get sidetracked by the talk. Mm-hmm. Talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. This man, in his heart, is a dirty scoundrel. Yeah, he, and he's uh, Balaam is already. He's still planning. looking for the money. He's 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 got his eye on the money, and he's like, I, I have to say this, but I have a feeling he says it like this: I have to say this. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Just yeah. yeah. I have to say this. We're, we'll get to it, guy, and and we're gonna see what he does, right? So now the second message. Then Balak said to him, "Come with me to another place where you can see them. Ah, if you see them, you will not see them all, but only the outskirts of their camp. From there, curse them for me." Now, why does he keep going? Yeah, think about it. Let's let put yourself in the story for a second. What is Balaam, if Balaam's like, I can only say, if Balaam is sincere, I can only say what the Lord says. The Lord wants to bless him. Sorry. If that's what he's saying, this guy's like, well, I don't want you to keep blessing him. So go away. We're done. Balaam has to be communicating something here that mm-hmm. makes Balak think he's going to, he's going to do, he's going to come around to my way yeah. of thinking here. Yeah. So he takes him to another place. He takes him to the field of Zophim on top of Pishgat. And there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. See, I'm inputting the code. Give me the thing I want. Verse 15, Balaam said to Balak, fine, stay here beside your offerings. We've been here. Rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. It's all the same thing. So the the Lord met with Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go back to Balak and give him this word. Um, So he went to him and found him standing beside his offering with the Moabite officials. What did the Lord say? Then he spoke the message. Arise, Balak, and listen, hear me, son of Zippor. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Now, this causes a lot of people. People take this and run with it. And they say, see, God never changes his mind. 
not what it says. Okay. Understand something here. God absolutely changes his mind in the way that we th- that we would think of it. And if you don't believe me, go write, go read Jeremiah 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. God absolutely changed. What he, God is not going to do is change his goal. His goal is to save mankind. That's his goal. He's working towards that well, goal. He, you know, Moses changed his mind coming down off Mount Sinai. God says what? Leave me alone so that I can destroy these people and, and I'll make, make a, nation. a great nation. Right. And so what it, but Moses said, far be it from you, Lord. Moses negotiates with him and changes his direction. And that doesn't always happen. But it wasn't that change. It, what it was, was God said, I will stomp these people out and I'll start over. But the goal was still the same. I'm going to save these people. I'm going to ultimately. I'm, I'm going to save, save them. I'm going to save mankind. Now, sometimes, when when God's when God does something and says this is consistent with my goal, where I'm going, He doesn't change His mind. Think of Saul, mm-hmm. and think of Samuel. Samuel is praying and praying and praying. God says, "Well, I'm not like a human that's going to change my mind. I'm done with Saul. I have put Saul away. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he found the king after life, that was after his own heart. He found David, and he said, "I'm going to use. I'm going to do this thing through David." So be careful well, with he, this. And passage. he even told he even told Samuel, "Yeah, d- d- you know, God." He said, "I don't look at people the way you do. You yeah. look at the step because because you know Saul was a was a stud." He was a stud from human thinking, from a human perspective. Right. He was head and shoulders taller. Yep. You know, he was, he was, you know, I say he would, he had 12 packs. Yeah. Kind of like them giants. Yeah. He was, he's a 12 packer. Parallel there. He had all these abs rolling, man. This was a stud. This was a good looking stud. And everybody said, yeah, that'll do. We'll do that. Well, what did they want? They wanted a king. Yeah. Like all the nations. And David comes along and he's a 15 year old, 14 year old little snot nosed kid. That's right. Got possible. Not possible. So and God you know. does it anyway. anyway. So he says, Arise, Balak, and listen. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. No misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There's no divination against Jacob, no evil against Israel. And I love that it uses that name, Israel, because remember, Israel, what Israel means, Mm -hmm. wrestles with God, struggles with God. Struggles with God. So there is no divination against Jacob, the the grasper, the supplanter, because that's what Jacob means. Mm -hmm. There is no divination against the thief, no evil omens against one who wrestles with God. I mean, mean, think about those interpretation of those names and what this statement is actually saying. Um. It will now be said of the supplanter. It will now be said of the one who steals and of the one who wrestles with God. See what God has done. What has God done? He's going to redeem them, right? It's, I mean, it's just, it, there's just so much here. Um, it's just amazing. The people rise like a lioness. They rouse themselves like a lion. What does not rest till it devours its prey and drinks the blood of its victims? So what so the, Israel is going to conquer. Mm-hmm. The one who wrestles yep. with God is going to conquer. Yep. Uh, then Balak said to Balaam, neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. Hey, now, God, cut it out. <laughs> you know, he, it's like Balaam is like side winking at him. And then he's like, now are you going to do it now? No, what are you doing? You're blessing them. Stop it. And Balaam answered, did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? And he winks. Did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? 
That's what he's that's what he's doing. I mean, it doesn't make well, any sense. Well, you know, when we get he's gonna do seven of these. Yeah, I know. He's and they're not any of them gonna get any better for Baylor. <laughs> not, not a single one. You know, we've only done two. You know, he will do seven. And one of them he tells he tells the nation that Balak is from. He tells him, he said, There's somebody coming, gonna clean your clock. Gonna right. clean y'all up. That's right. You know, and, and it's just it's it it ama it amazes me that that uh, that this is so similar to us mm. and what we do and how we act and how we react and how we respond. You know, we're like Balaam. We're like Balak. You know, we're, you know, we want somebody to come along and tell us what we want to hear. We want somebody to tickle our ears. And what what, what says in second Timothy, we, you know, and what put a, preachers that tickle us. What a horrible rebuke though. I, I read this. I don't want to be like Balak. I don't want to be like Balaam. You know, we have to change that. We can't be like these guys. Well, I think that I think when God calls his disciples, when we truly take, catch on, we catch a hold of the meaning of that and decide that's what I want to be. I want to be one. Okay. What is it going to mean? What does it look like? And and it's pretty easy to, to go and look at the scriptures and you can say, okay, this is what a, this is what a disciple looks like. This is one of what a follower looks like. He does this, this, and this. Follower does not do this, this, and this. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I said, you want to know who a disciple is? Look at them. Watch them. You'll know. It won't be why what they say. It won't be, it won't be how how much rhetoric they have and how how oh, you know, I've seen so many people and and you know, and and I so many people that said, Oh, God bless you. God bless you for that. And that is so, now I know that God's blessing me for this. You know, when they start talking like that, I'm looking for the chink in the armor. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for what what's coming. And every time I hear that, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of, that kind of that dialogue, yeah. it, I'm going, what are you covering up? Mm -hmm. What are you covering up? Yeah. You know, because nobody out there is buying that. Because they're watching what you're doing, and what you're doing not matching up with what you're saying. Right. A disciple, a disciple's words and actions match. Yeah. You know, they 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 look at God, and God's their their father. God is their their mentor. God's their guide, and they follow along behind him. You know, it says, unless you're willing to pick up your cross, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. You can't have no part of me. And Jesus basically says, don't call yourself a disciple because you aren't one. Mm. In Matthew 7, he said, he said, many kind of come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord. He said, man, I'm going to get away. Man, I don't know you. I don't know you. We we like to say, well, if I if I say enough, God bless yous or God's blessing us. And it's what what a wonderful thing. I found a $20 bill on the, on the and God just blessed me so much. You know, maybe you just found 20 bucks, you know, and, and, it, and, I'm, and maybe God did bless you. I don't know, but I don't care. I want to see what did you do with the 20 bucks? Well, and so not it's not just that. So I, I hear, I see, I see what you're saying. You're not just saying that they're saying, hey, God, God bless me in this, right? Because, you know, James will say all good things are from above, from mm -hmm. our Father in whom there is no shifting shadow. So, so I, I have a tendency to say, look, if something good has happened in my life, I'm going to give thanks to God. Well, but what you're saying is, and, I, and, I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but what, I, what I'm understanding you to be saying is this, that they take things like that 
that they interpret as good things that God has given them, and they take it as confirmation that they're living and doing the right thing. Exactly. Okay. Now, I'll give you an example, and then we'll be done. All right. I found $200 the other day. Okay. I knew where it came from. I knew. I knew who dropped it. I knew where they were sitting. I, I found it, in the, and I and I went to that person and I said, "You dropped this," and he said, "I don't want it." I said, "I don't need it. I don't want your money." And I said, "What do you want me to do?" He said, "I don't care." I said, "Okay." You know, was that a blessing? Was it a blessing that he dropped the money? Was it a blessing that he had the money? Yeah, absolutely. God's blessed him. God's blessed him over and over and over and over again. And uh, and God's blessed me by, by giving me the opportunity to be a part of his life and being able to help him navigate this. And uh, I took the money and I gave it to two people. I split it up and gave $100 to one guy and $100 to somebody else that I knew needed it. You know, the guy that was the original disciple is the guy that dropped the $200. Yeah. You know, all of us involved are towing that we're disciples because that will come out down the road. Somebody's going to find out about that by people talking. That's going to be the true God blessed me. Yeah. Nobody have to talk about it. Nobody have to say who it was. Nobody have to do any of that stuff. God blessed me. Sure. You know, when 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 you when you look at a pagan and they're trying to pr- fool you that they're God, that they belong to God, just watch them. Just watch them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for, for how much we can learn from what you wrote in the past. You told us in the book of Romans, you told us that the things written there were to give us comfort and give us hope. And it truly does. Father, we watch this man uh, navigating through and trying to trying to fool everybody. He's not fooling anybody. Father, help us to learn, help us to grow, and help us have the courage to apply the things that we're learning to our own lives. Help us to be the people your son died to make us. Help us, Father, to be true disciples, followers, of of yours. And thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.